0: Welcome to the 41st episode of the Practical Operations Podcast. I'm Brendan Diesendorf. And I'm Jack Neely. We are here to talk about the practical side of operations work. This week, we're talking about taking the plunge for public speaking. This week's topic is going to be a little fuzzier and more personal than some weeks. This is, public speaking is an important part of every person's professional repertoire of skill. You need to be able to feel comfortable speaking in front of a group be it coworkers or your boss or your boss's colleagues another team or a group of techs from another part of the organization when was the last time you applied for a job and one of the the job requirements
1: was not communicates effectively both written and orally exactly i mean i'm not sure why they put that on job descriptions anymore because
0: well public speaking is one of the skills a lot of people are very afraid public speaking. They're more so afraid of public speaking than, say, drowning or other things that involve actual death. And public speaking, while it can be intimidating, isn't that difficult. I see people that write all sorts of really
1: neat code and will be very opinionated and sometimes in a very good way, but are, are still very timid when it comes to doing public speaking.
0: So there are a couple of things to remember when you are Trying to get started in this, and that the most important thing is that in most cases, the audience you're speaking to is a friendly audience, even if you're at like a large technical conference, the audience they want to to learn the things you're telling them, they're interested in hearing the things you're telling them, or they're bored and they're not going to say anything negative they're they're not going to heckle you unless they're really awful people. that is so,
1: really important, and it applies to so many other fields besides just. Uh, IT and technical presentations. If you're on stage in front of a group of of your peers or a group of the public, they're on your side. They want you to succeed. And they're there to learn and and have a good time as well. They're not there to to ridicule you if you make a syntactical error
0: somewhere on slide 42. So if you want practice doing speaking, you can... always go to your boss and say, hey, I want to do more internal presentations on things. But you also can find something like Toastmasters, which is an organization that is dedicated to teaching people how to speak in public. Um, They have relatively modest membership. I want to say it's $45 every six months. There's a chapter in basically every medium-sized town and larger, and they get together and they practice speaking. Just getting up in front of the group and speaking, speaking, speaking. So you have familiarity with the mechanical side of it, which is the, the getting up and talking and not saying um too much and not clearing your throat too much, but just getting up and doing it. The other place you can go to for low friction, fairly fairly friendly without having to get too deep into things, environments is Meetup. Meetup.com has all kinds of groups of interest and most of them are kind of things where somebody has gotten a boardroom or a conference room or one of those things with a, with a uh, projector and somebody orders food and you have a, one or two or three people get up and talk at, that evening about whatever topics. And those are usually, I don't know, 10 to 30 people. They're not really big. The, present, the organizers are always looking for more presenters because they always need good quality short topics. So they're not looking for a three hour dissertation on something they want. 20 minutes. And if you have something that's even mildly interesting, hey, it's great. I remember supporting the local Linux users group
1: when I was in college and and outside of college. And those really are some of my best memories. And I have friends today through those groups that that I still keep in touch with regularly. And it's interesting. um, I associate so much of that culture with with some local Linux users groups. But now there's meetup.com, and you can literally look on meetup.com, find groups on just about any subject. Um, If you're in a reasonably uh, rural area, urban area, uh uh-oh, my brain just twisted back and forth, Um, but you can find all sorts of groups on lots of different topics. Uh, Programming in general, specific programming languages like Python, Python. specifically Linux distributions, um, Elasticsearch for all
0: crazy things. Yeah, just a few days ago, I spoke at the local Elasticsearch user meetup, and I I gave a talk that I had given at Surge last year, modified somewhat and added stuff to make it current. But it was very friendly audience, very well received. It doesn't take very long to prepare for it. And it gives you the practice doing it.
1: One of the things that you should be interested in, you should be encouraging in your workplace, is setting aside some time for a normal reoccurring presentation slot, or a a time that you and the rest of the operations folks, or perhaps developers as well, depending on, on how you're organized, get together and talk about technical topics, and can share knowledge that you've learned uh, recently or over the last couple of months, or demo a new project, uh, explain a new service. And these are so incredibly important in in encouraging good culture, uh, maintaining, maintaining the knowledge level that everyone needs to have about what's changing in the workplace. And it's a wonderful place to practice presentations. Uh, you might be in a group of of three or four or 10 or 15 people that give a presentation every week. And that's a great place to get your foot wet with some public speaking, building
0: presentations, and just doing it. And it's important, again, to start small on these things. It it doesn't have to be the, the soft launch of a new service. It can be something as much as, hey, I found a new way to secure the Kerberos tokens, or I have a... A crazy idea to, d- to use with our two fa devices and even if you're pitching it to the security folks of which you are not and you're looking for their feedback you're doing this in a public way that's relatively safe that you can then get everybody thinking about it and talking about it because half the value of these kinds of presentations is having good q a which to me is the other really important part of doing presentations there's there's the side of there's, there's the side where you You share information, but there's also the side where the people are asking you questions on your feet, and you need to be able to have the practice and the rhythm to get questions and think about them for a moment and then give a reasonable answer. Even if the answer is, I'll come back to you later. But this is all very critical skills. These are all very critical skills to have in the professional world. So, pro tip, plant your first question. Absolutely.
1: There's... Getting that first question asked asked and answered, no matter what it is, is one of the more difficult parts of a presentation. Sort of of breaking that ice, that change between the presentation and the actual uh, engagement from the audience.
0: Yeah, nobody ever wants to be the first person to ask a question. So if you have either a friend or a boss or somebody else, you can have softball you a simple question that lets you talk for another 45 seconds to a minute afterwards it gets the everybody else thinking oh well i had a question when i was watching the presentation i want to ask about foo and it makes it really easy to transition transition into that slowly moving on somewhat there are other important aspects of learning how to speak and it's not the words that you're saying it's your slide deck oh the slide deck the nemesis A lot of folks, myself included, have been guilty of having slides that are just walls of words, that you're reading some of the words and you're not reading some of the words, and the audience very quickly gets lost in bullet point after bullet point after bullet point.
1: Clay is over. So, yeah, I'm completely guilty of that as well. I understand that the presentation is about you, not your slide deck. You are the presentation. In reality, your slide deck should be visuals or examples, something that makes your point. Uh, When you look at the nightly news feed from NBC and see Lester Holt, he's giving a presentation and he has some visuals to show to help make the points of what he's talking about. But you don't usually see walls of words. Where, Where I sort of pivot back and forth is... When I give a presentation, I really want to be able to pass off that slide deck as a reasonable set of notes so that somebody could review the slide deck and remember what we talked about. And especially as I work remotely a lot of times and I can't give somebody a piece of paper with an outline on it. So where I where I fall down the ladder, I guess, is I am tend to use my slide deck as... As literal notes that I use, that I expect uh, folks in the audience to refer back to when they want to remember the presentation.
0: And this can be something as simple as the title card or the the large heading at the top. When I'm writing slides, I generally try to have the standout numbers or the standout figures that are hard to repeat over and over again on the screen. So, the cluster is operating at x thousand logs per second, or we're ingesting Y thousand, Y million metrics amended into a thing. Because those are hard on stage to repeat correctly and succinctly, but they're part of the message you want people to take home with them. So that's a great note to put on the screen and then explain why that thing is true, rather than trying to just read all the words on the slide. I really
1: want you to remember that the ninety-fifth percentile of a group of percentiles is not the global ninety-fifth percentile. So I will say that and also have it on the slide.
0: Exactly. Another good thing to do is to try to include graphics or other visuals as much as you possibly can. It gives the, gives the viewer something else to look at in the background instead of just words. And it lets them engage the visual centers of their brain and not just the auditory centers. So it helps, it helps a lot of people in the audience pick up different pieces of the presentation.
1: If you can represent something visually or find a good graphic for it, go for it. That's really one of the things that I struggle
0: with the most, uh, putting together technical presentations. And if you know your audience well, there are times where it's appropriate to have, you know, funny cat pictures or other animated GIFs in line with the presentation to add a little bit of extra humor or other pieces, some punch to the presentation. But be careful that you know your audience first. If you're at Monitorama or you're giving a presentation to the technical team at a, at a weekly tech talk kind of thing, that's fine. But if it's the CEO and board members, sometimes it's not quite so appropriate. Another thing that I find about presentations is it's a great way to professionally develop yourself. A lot of, a lot of companies have training budgets for conferences and other kinds of things, but they're fairly limited in how often you can use them or what gets approved. If you really want to go to Monodrama or PyCon or PubCon or a number of other conferences, really the best way to do it is to get accepted to speak at them, because they generally will comp the conference fee, the airfare, and the hotel. And then when you're not presenting, you can then attend all of the other sessions.
1: Yeah, finding a good conference to present at is an amazing experience. Brendan's done it. I have not. But I've had my eye on a couple of conferences that... I wanted to use to sort of get my feet wet. And I think that that part of the tactic there is you don't have to start big. You can start small at a more friendlier conference before you attempt to apply at an Amazon Summit style of conference that has thousands of people at them.
0: And generally bosses are keen on having their employees develop skills and abilities and go and present it at conferences and things because it means that their employees are both challenged and rewarded. It doesn't come out of their bottom line. And frequently, they can use it as free, public- free pl- publicity inside the working group as a, pl- as a political level for themselves and say, hey, look, we have our employees are so great, they're even going to conferences and speaking about these things.
1: Not only is it good professionally for yourself, it's good professionally for your company.
0: So start small, find a, a local group, a meetup, find a team within the organization that you can pitch ideas to and set up a standing thing and just get some practice. If you are afraid of public speaking, which a lot of people are, find a Toastmasters group. There's a lot of professional value you can draw out of getting up on your feet with a slide deck, a very simple slide deck, and walking through it. You know, it can be 10 minutes but do it because it'll help you professionally and personally. Please take the time to rate the show on iTunes. It's the best way for new listeners to find us. Additionally, we welcome feedback about shows you've recorded or topics you'd like us to cover. Leave a comment at the website at operations.fm. Send us your thoughts on on email, feedback at operations.fm, or use operations.fm on Twitter. That wraps it up for the 41st episode of the Practical Operations Podcast. We have been Brendan Diesendorf. And I'm Jack Neely. Thanks.